Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The NFL is reportedly going to suspend Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston for three games this season for his alleged involvement in misconduct during an Uber ride over two years ago. But now the third person involved in that case has come forward and said Jameis Winston was in the, the Uber by himself. We've got Tom Jones to talk about it, who wrote the column saying the Bucks need to get rid of Jameis Winston immediately as nothing good can come from it. Plus, the Rays sweep the Yankees, the best team in baseball. And on Sunday, it's a walk-off home run in the 12th inning by rookie Jake Bowers to win it. This team is fun to watch. And the Lightning are one of five teams involved in talks with free agent-to-be John Tavares of the New York Islanders. Connection is he's a longtime friend and former junior teammate of Lightning captain Steven Stamkos. Could Tavares be on his way to the Lightning for this upcoming season? All that and more coming up on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Steve Versnick filling in for Rick Stroud, who's on vacation in Hawaii. Tom Jones will join us in a minute. But first, Rick's going to tell you about a great offer from Continental Wholesale Diamond. Hey, it's Rick Stroud here for my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Folks, we have got a special just for the listeners of this podcast. You want to jump on this, you won't believe it. If you go to Continental Wholesale Diamonds and spend a minimum of $2,000, right? That's pretty much any jewelry you get. Look what Andy's going to do for you. You're going to get a free cruise. That's right. You heard me. A free cruise just for my listeners. And all you need to do is just let Andy from Continental Wholesale Diamonds know that you heard about this ad from me or from Steve or from Sports Day Tampa Bay. You're going to receive a five-day, four-night cruise for two. And get this, who lets you do this? You can even pick your own cruise lines. You've got to go see Andy for more details. Now, look, don't waste your time shopping in the mall for jewelry. they got a huge overhead, which means higher prices for you. Continental Wholesale Diamonds provides you with exquisite jewelry. they got a great selection, one-on-one customer service, always, always wholesale prices. That's why they're so easy on the pocketbook. And best of all, no pressure, no pressure at all. If you're ready to pop the question, or get engaged, that sort of thing, or maybe an anniversary present for your wife, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to help you find that perfect diamond for your loved one. You can buy the ring and get a free honeymoon cruise. How great is that? I mean, come on. you got to jump on this. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Tell them Rick Stroud sent you. All right, so Tom Jones joins us tonight as Rick Stroud is on vacation in Hawaii. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that he actually taped a special podcast from Hawaii uh, very early Friday morning or late Thursday night there. Uh, As the news breaking, Jameis Winston will be suspended by the NFL at least three games. It sounds like it will be three, but there are conditions that where it could become longer than that. Tom Jones, you wrote an article saying that it's time for the Bucks to move on from Jameis Winston. You haven't been on the radio to explain yourself outside your article. You have the floor. Uh, wow. I'll tell you what. Uh, no, I've got a lot of radio requests. I've gotten a lot of well, people on Twitter just going absolutely crazy. You know, Steve, I, I, 
we got to be real careful because I th- there are some things going on in the NFL investigation that we that Rick knows that he's passed along to me that we think that we know about this situation hasn't been released necessarily yet. Uh, I don't know that we're it's it's totally groundbreaking stuff, but I feel very confident in what I wrote the other day. I think at the end of here's what's going to end up happening, and I, and I know that. My column came out before the latest news, and for people that don't know, uh, I'm sure they know by now what the latest news is, which was uh, uh, ESPN late Friday night identifying a third man who was with Winston and Ronald Darby on the night in question. All along, we've known there was a third person. We never knew who that person was. Right. Now, ESPN's reporting this guy is Brandon Banks, played football at Vandy. Apparently, he's buddies with Darby. Now, People, you might recall, Darby reportedly said he was with Winston the whole time that night, along with this other guy, a third person. Winston was in the backseat of the Uber. Well, now this Brandon Banks, or his attorney anyway, tells ESPN that he and Darby were not in the Uber that night, uh, or at least well, in the Uber not at in the that end of Uber. the night. Yeah, they were in, at, a, at the all end of in the an night. Uber together earlier in the evening. Right. Went to the club, said that Winston became unruly. Unruly was the word that was used, uh, and very drunk, apparently. Uh, and they called an Uber, put Winston Uber by himself. This is what Banks saying. Um, and then whatever happened after that, they don't know. Now, Banks, what about this guy? Well, on one hand, certainly no angel, currently serving 15 years for his role in a gang rape of a Vanderbilt student back in 2013. So that brings up all kinds of questions. One, you might ask, okay, why should we trust anything this guy says? I mean, this is a convicted felon at this point. Um, or on the other hand, you could say, well, why would the guy lie? He's not hes not being charged with anything from that night. Or, char- or no one's questioning uh, what he might have done in the Uber. Uh, I don't think he's working a plea deal with anything. And also, why is Jameis hanging out with a guy like this? It, to, to, anyway, but going back to the column, though, Steve, I, I just felt like it's one thing after another with Jameis Winston. And I know not all the transgressions are the same. Uh, certainly the accusations of back at Florida State um, and this latest situation very serious not as serious as stealing crab legs not as serious as firing a bb gun not as serious as standing up on the middle of campus and yelling out a vulgar phrase uh not as serious as standing in front of a group of school kids and saying that little girls should be silent um but it's just one thing after another with this and i i think it's gotten to the point where i just don't know you can trust him anymore i don't know that he's a guy that you want to be the face of your franchise i don't know that he wants he's a guy that is to lead your football team now i don't think anything's going to happen to him in terms of the bucks no matter what happens with this suspension he's probably going to get three games and we can get into details of why it's why we're delaying this thing and all but um i would be stunned if the bucks did anything beyond uh, letting the NFL suspend him for three games. Having said that, though, I, I if you had a chance to do it over again, if Jason Light had a chance to do it over again, would they? Would they still take him, or would they take Marcus Mariota, knowing what they know now? Now I know a lot of people look at this and say, "Look, never charged with a with um, a um, criminally in the case at Florida State. Uh, there's no criminal charges as of yet involving this case with the Uber driver." So. Um, I get that. I understand. And there's a lot of people out there who are very angry with me because they're big supporters of Jameis Winston. They may not want to believe that anything bad happened that night. But I just look at this, Steve, there's just too much smoke. There's just too much smoke. And I I, I think it's gotten to the point where you just can't trust the guy. And um, it has nothing to do with his performance. I actually like him as a quarterback. Now, he hasn't been a, 
everything they hoped he would be on the field. I think he still has a chance to be a pretty good quarterback on the football field. But off the field, I just – I don't know if it's gut feeling. I don't know if it's what I believe about him. But I just don't think he's a guy that should be the face of your franchise. Now, this is a big year for Jameis. This is his fourth year, which means this is the end of his rookie deal that he signed. Now, the, the Bucks have picked up a fifth-year option for $20-plus million, which is only guaranteed against injury. Right. So they're not on the hook for it necessarily. Um, the Bucks have never signed a quarterback to a second contract. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you. I don't believe anything's going to happen to Jameis this season. He's going to be the quarterback come game four or whenever that suspension is up. But at the end of this season, what do you see happening? I I think if he plays halfway decent, they'll bring it back. Because well, by the time we get to the end of this season, this I think this whole NFL suspension thing will have gone away. Look, we have no idea for sure what's gonna the announcement's gonna say. Uh, and we have no idea what this latest bank story has to do with the NFL's ruling. Here's what I think is going to happen, perhaps as early as Monday. We're taping this Sunday night, so as early as when people are listening to this later on today, um, about about here's what the NFL might do. I think what the NFL is going to do is they're going to say they're suspending Jameis Winston for three games for conduct detrimental to the league. I don't. I would be surprised. I don't. I don't know this for certain, but I would be surprised if they got into the specifics of that night or got into the specifics of what the suspension is for. I think they're going to say conduct detrimental to the league and sort of leave it at that. I think Winston's going to come out with a statement saying he can't put himself in a bad spot. He'll apologize to his teammates for the distraction. Um, He'll apologize to his friends and family and anybody he might have offended or hurt or whatever. And then not also uh, admit to any specific wrongdoing. And I think the Bucs will say they respect the NFL's ruling and that they're moving on. And that will be that. That's what I'm guessing what will happen. And so that way, once the suspension is over, I think it gets put to rest because at that point, the NFL will not have revealed any specifics. The Winston or the Bucks will not reveal any specifics. And people could then, or, or at least the Bucks at that point could say, well, you know, it, it was sort of still a he said, she said type of thing. The people who support the Bucks will continue to support the Bucks and support Jameis Winston and believe that he did nothing wrong. And I think they can move on from that. If it somehow comes out about specifics and uh, actual proof of something that happened in that Uber that night, that may change the story. But I, I think they'll move on. I think everybody will move on after these three games. I said this in my column, Steve, and I firmly believe this, that when he returns um, in game four, let's say it's a three-game suspension, I fully expect he'll get a standing ovation from Tampa Bay Bucks fans. So I don't think the Bucks or the Glazers or Jason Light or anybody in the organization will feel this pressure that we need to move on from this guy because people are watching us and we're setting a bad tone for the community and that that, that community is going to revolt and we're going to lose season tickets. I don't expect that to happen based on the reaction I've gotten from the column. And most of it has been, and not all of it, but most of it has been that uh, attacking me and attacking the media, and Rick Stroud certainly got it and Greg Allman has certainly got it, um, this feeling that, that nothing has been proven and Jameis is still the guy. I, I just don't see any scenario where the Bucks fans will be so outraged that the Bucks feel like they have to make a move away from Jameis Winston. So ultimately it's going to come down to how he plays on the football field. And I think he'll be good enough that the options of between Jameis and, and whoever else is out there, 
Um, you're, you'd rather have Jameis as your quarterback than, than what other option you might have out there if you're looking at it strictly from a football point of view. So I think at the end of the season, he'll play decent enough. There will be no other option, and the Bucks will bring him back. He'll be back here next season as well. I think two points on that account. One, the, the one part, you know, whether the NFL's report comes out or not, whether it leaks from some camp or the other. Right. But we haven't heard from the Uber driver yet. And if she decides right. to come out or decides to press charges or go after a settlement, then it becomes it may not go away quite as quickly as you're you're describing it could. That's a good point. And I think she I think that could happen. Those are two parts. And the other part with the schedule is going to be interesting. Because it'll be interesting how he's received a training camp and preseason games. And I think it'll be relatively positive in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. If if assuming it's a three game suspension has been reported. The, the, he's going to come back week four at Chicago, a bye week, then at Atlanta. He's not going to be home until week six of the season mm-hmm. uh, against Cleveland. So, you know, his first couple games are going to be on the road at that point, plus a bye week in there. So it'll be interesting how he's received on the road, too. And granted, you know, visiting players are generally booed, but right, exactly. in, in the age of the Me Too movement and, and everything else going on, it will be kind of interesting to see how he's received, both in preseason, but then once he gets back to the regular season, assuming it is a three-game suspension, as we all believe. But if the details start to come out, I think it becomes interesting. And the other part is, is four of his first five games are going to be on the road against Mm -hmm. Chicago, who's probably going to be improved, Atlanta, who we know is really good. You get Cleveland at home at Cincinnati. That's a winnable game, but you're still on the road. And then uh, I think it's at Carolina after that. You know, there's a there's a there's a decent chance that the Bucks are one and seven at that point. Look, there was Two a pretty good chance. There was a pretty good chance they were going zero and three the first three games with Jameis. Absolutely, Winston. absolutely, there was. Think about it, open up at New Orleans and then home against Philly, home against Pittsburgh. Those are three really good football teams. And now that that he's not there, I, I'm not sure how Bucks fans will look at it. I mean, do you look at it and say, well, you know, we were missing our starting quarterback and that's why we felt zero and three, or does Jameis pick up some of the blame and say, look what you've done to our organization by putting us in a bad spot, and and uh, this is why we're now zero and three. Look, Dirk Cutter may not survive. They still look. They start zero and three. They're not making the playoffs. That that just doesn't happen in the NFL these days. Yeah, zero and, and three in two of those games at home. Yeah, so that means you still right. got seven road games to go. Right. Two. Yeah. Zero and three. It's, two it's at like home. Two once of, two once or a three conference of those games game. We're on the road. Division. Start, yeah. 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 So, um, I, but I, I do think the fans will will be forgiving of him. And again, I, I I've been surprised. Well, I shouldn't say surprised. I've been um, once again reminded how. I don't, I don't know if crazy is the word, just how intense Florida State slash Bucks fans are. And the combination of the two of them, um, if you're a Bucks and a Florida State fan, not all of them, but the reaction that I've gotten has just been unbelievable. And there's just absolutely the guy who could do absolutely no wrong. They, they don't even want to at least entertain the idea that something bad might have happened that night or that, that Jameis might be a bad guy. Uh, and I get we, that. We see, this, fans. we see this all the time. I mean, Dallas fans were absolutely Ezekiel Elliott is innocent and nothing yep. should happen. And where everybody else is like, wait a minute. Baltimore fans didn't want to believe the Ray Rice stuff. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh fans will defend him till the, till, you know, absolutely. the end of time where other sure. fans are like, wait a minute, you know, not only once, but twice. Um, you know, you tend to def- your fans, and they're called fans or short for fanatics for a reason. Sure, <laughs> they defend their guys no matter what. You know, and you know, in, in Jameis's case, we don't have any hard evidence of anything yet. He has not been convicted of a crime. 
Right. Um, there hasn't been anything like that. There's a lot of different things and, and varying degrees of everything. And some of it we know definitely happened, the crab legs and and whether sure. you, you know whether it's a hookup and you believe that and the cop just happened to be there and bust him or whether it was something else, um, the vulgarity in campus and things like that. Uh, but and then there's those that defend all the stuff he's done in the community and to help, you know, his football right. camps and the technology centers at schools. And, and, and those are wonderful things. Um, but does, is that justify it? You know, JP Peterson on Friday on DAE was saying, look at all the stuff in the community. You, you know, that's got to count for something. Does it? I don't think it. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't excuse bad behavior. It doesn't. You it, you can't do all these great things. And, and that gives you almost an excuse to do something bad. It doesn't work that way. It, all your good deeds go out the window if you do something horrible, like some of the thing. He, if it's true that he's done some of the thing he's been accused of doing. The other thing that gets me and again, um, I'm not going to go as far as to say I know what happened at Florida State or I even know I was not in the in the Uber that night. So I can't sit here and say at 100% this is what happened. The thing that does bother me, though, and some of the reactions that I've gotten that's been a bit troubling to me is reactions of uh, why did she not call the police? Um, if that is a completely tone deaf way to look at how women sometimes react to sexual assault or if they believe they've been sexually assaulted, it's. I just read, I saw a story on BuzzFeed the other day where where we've where women have they go their entire lives without reporting. Well, not only that, like not this. only that, but and and if, according to the stories, you know when when Ronald Darby and and uh, Mr. Banks uh, put him in the cab, they told her, "Hey, you got someone famous." Yeah. So a woman that then goes to the police with something against somebody famous, it's no longer private. Right. Uh, now I, I can't, I'm not a woman first of all, but I can't speak for her. And, and some women are absolutely, I'm going to go to the cops and prosecute others or I don't want that, that sc- scrutiny brought on to myself. I, I don't, I, I can't understand that. I'm not, I'm not a woman. I'm not in that position. So I, I, I can't judge it, but I can understand where someone may be hesitant to. Oh, absolutely. And especially the way we react to victims of sexual assault. It's, it's not, well, especially um, for, to someone famous. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And again, I'm not sitting here saying this is absolutely what happened that I believe, James, you know, that's that's I'm merely speaking to the point of, well, this can't be true because she didn't file a police report. That's that's like I said, it's completely tone deaf. And um, I think you, you've, it's a complete misunderstanding of how these things work and, and and what goes through a woman's mind in these situations or a man's mind um, uh, as well. Look, um I think it's going to come down to again. I'll say this again: that he's going to get three games, and I think part. I, I think it was going to be more. And I think basically he and the NFL have worked out a deal of okay, we're going to say three games. We're not going to say what it was. You don't have to say what it was. You're not going to appeal. You're not, you're not going to appeal it, right? And well, everybody will move on. And I think uh, Jameis won't admit to anything. The NFL won't accuse him of anything specific. And and everybody will be back to normal, basically, in week four of the NFL season. Yeah, the NFL doesn't want to go through this. Jameis's camp doesn't want to go through it. The Bucks don't want to go through it. The more no. that they can all just agree that this is what's going to happen and move on is, is, exactly. is best for all those involved. Now, if she ah. decides to do something, that can change everything. Well, and that might that very well might happen. That very, I would not be surprised if something happens. And and I, I, this is the other part that frustrates me is that people will say, well, this is all coming about because – She's looking for money at the end of his look, look, it's been two years and she filed a report the day after. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's 
I think that helps make her story a bit more credible to me. So um, what happens after this? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I do think I, the th- I think it's going to happen soon. And I think it's I'm not sure what the delay was. I don't know if there's still there's still some haggling going on back and forth between Jameis's people and the NFL about the wording. What's well, gonna, it's, exactly it's, gonna it's be not said really a delay at this point. I mean, ESPN got a report of it and, and put yeah, it out true. there. It's not like the NFL has said this is set and final. And, and, and even their report is three games, but could be more. So right. it's possible it's not a done deal yet. That's um, true. My guess is it comes out this week because generally the NFL shuts down around the 4th of July for a couple weeks before training camps get underway. So if it's going to come out, it's probably going to be this week would be our guess. Yeah. All right, we'll switch topics now. You were at the Rays game today. Rays yes. sweep the Yankees at home. I believe it's the only the second time in franchise history they've swept a three-game series, uh, three or more game series against the team that was the best in baseball coming in. They did that against the Cubs in 2008. What a weekend. I mean, the entire weekend was great, but that Sunday game was something. I've said this all along, Steve. I don't look, this team's not the near the best team in baseball. I'm talking about the Rays. Uh, they're still under 500. Although I think if you throw out that one and eight start, they're like 36 and 32. Yeah, they're over 500. Lines. Yeah, the one and eight. There's that seven games under. And they're three games under now. So yeah, that'd be four over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They. I think it was 36 and 32, which is a pretty. Now I oh, get. Remember it. they started four and what four and 13 was it? I think that's right. Yeah, now I, I get it. They, they're beating up on bad teams and they're getting clubbed by good teams. But although lately, now they've won what five out of seven against. Yankees and the Astros mm-hmm. um, in the middle of this tough stretch. But here's the thing, and I've said this all along, this is a fun team to watch. They don't win every night, certainly. Um, and, uh, you know, some nights they, they're frustrating because they either can't hit, although they're pitching most nights. But I think this is a these games are entertaining. Sunday's game was a fun game. It lasted over four hours. It was a 12-inning game. But I thought it was an entertaining game to watch. I, they're, they're, interesting. they're an interesting team. They have interesting players. Um, Jake Bowers has the walk-off on Sunday. Um, I was talking to Kevin Cash after the game. We were talking specifically, just he and I, about Jake Bowers and Willie Adamas. And I like both of these guys. You've seen a bunch of them, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not overwhelmed. They look like they belong. They're, they're, they have good at-bats. They're poised in the field. These are really nice players. And they don't uh, – the thing that Kevin Cash said, they, they seem to handle the good moments well. Let's see how now Bowers had a great moment uh, on Sunday, and let's see how he handles it from there. But I, I think both of those guys have shown that um, they have a chance to be really good major league players. They're going to have some growing pains. They'll hit slumps. They'll go around the league a couple times, and the pitchers will start to figure them out a little bit, and they'll have to make their adjustments. But uh, I'm really impressed with how they've played. He looks – I'm telling you, I wrote in a column t- today, he looks like Robert Redford, Jake Bowers. It looked like the natural. <laughs> I was waiting for, like, the fireworks and the, the music to go off after he hit the home run in the 12th inning. But I'm – Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You look around, like Matt Duffy's turned out to be a pretty nice player. He can he can really hit. He, he's CJ a really Cr- good hitter. Uh, he's a really good hitter. You know, I said going into the season, he's the best hitter on the team, but I didn't. I didn't know how good of a hitter he could be. Um, just, 
understanding the counts and when to when to swing hard, when to to you know hang on to and foul some pitches off and and driving to different parts of the field. He's a complete hitter. I didn't realize how good he was. CJ Cron's got got a little pop in his bat. Obviously, Carlos Gomez now. Carlos Gomez is. A, Tell me, it's not fun to watch. He doesn't. All, he's hitting two hundred or whatever, a buck ninety. He whatever, has but. been. He has been great for this club. He's been great for the clubhouse for some of the younger guys. He's kept things very loose. He's frustrating as heck to watch at the plate many times. And <laughs> yes. and, and, and and he's good defensively, but he can make things interesting at times too. Um, I think his defense gets underrated because he'll make some boneheaded plays out there. Right. Right. Uh, but overall, but overall, overall, he's a plus defender. But I thought overall their defense, their defense has been pretty good, and I think it's you know it's a I, I like Adamas at second the, base. The biggest Achilles heel on this team is base running. They're awful at it. They they are they are awful at base running. But you know Malik Smith does some decent things. Maybe Kier, mm-hmm. you know Kiermaier does is he brings the energy. R- Ramos that guy's just a professional hitter. Mm-hmm. I, I I like everything he does. I this is a good team. It's it's not a great team. It's it's not a team that's going to make the playoffs. I don't think, but. Because um, I think eventually this pitching thing—I don't know how you feel about it, Steve. You watch it every night. I, I keep waiting for the bottom to fall out of this pitching thing. That Look, eventually all these innings are going to catch up to. I them. don't think it's a bad idea. I actually think it kind of works, but not when you're doing it three days out of five. Right. It's got to be one to two at times. You can't be going right. in with two starters, which is pretty much what they've had most of the year based on injuries. Wilmer right. Font's kind of becoming a third starter now. He's actually going a lot <laughs> deeper in this role and as they get Chris Archer back and and you know Yanni Chirinos now went back on the disabled list in AAA um but you know I, I think with the beginning That's what I wrote today they got more starting pitchers on the DL than they do in their Remember at, at the beginning of the year it was supposed to be okay it was Archer game 1 Snell game 2 then right. they were doing the bullpen day 3 Avaldi 4 and Faria 5 Right so the, it was bullpen day once every 5 days and and that could mm-hmm. get skipped at times based on off days and things like this Avaldi sure. goes down Two days before, two or three days before the season begins. So now all of a sudden, now it's two pitchers, mm-hmm. and and so now you're really taxing your bullpen in that. I mean, I, I think, look, whether you agree with the opener and, and the way they're using pitchers or not, I think overall it's been pretty successful. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what pitchers you throw out when if they don't throw good pitches, it do, it doesn't matter what strategy you had. The players right. still have to execute, but I, I think it's been overall a positive for the Rays. But you're getting to the point now where you're taxing that that pen because right, you've got right. so many. You're you're doing this three days a week, not not one. Not it's two. funny though, since they've gone to it doing it mm-hmm. three days a week, and I think that's like sometime in May. I guess it was mm-hmm. like mid May or whatever. They had the best ERA in baseball yes. in that time, which is amazing. And I told Kevin Cash that today. He didn't even realize it, and he said that's that's stunning. And I said, has this worked out better than you thought? He said, Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think it was going to work out this well, but again. I do think it's going to be a situation. It reminds me, just as, as a microcosm, remember a few years ago, what was his, uh, Erasmo, Erasmo yeah. Ramirez. And it, you, you just kept putting him out there every day. And it was like, hey, this guy's great. This oh, guy's great. And then eventually he just ran out of gas because mm-hmm. you were pitching him every other night. I wonder if that's going to happen with this bullpen where eventually, because if you don't get, if like Blake Snell doesn't go seven innings, then that's another you know, another day where you're, you're starting well, to. Well, just think about it. I mean, like bullpen. I said, at the, begin- you know, at the beginning of the season, you had Archer Snell. Faria right. and and Avaldi, right. Archer's now on the DL. Faria's on the DL. So you got Avaldi and, and Snell. But by this point, Honeywell was supposed to be up. Jose That's De Leon right. was supposed to be up. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bonda mm-hmm. was already up. Now he's having Tommy John surgery. Chirinos, who came up and was doing well, then he's now on the disabled list and and on it again as he was trying to come back. 
that, you know, the plan wasn't to do this two, three, four days a week. It was once, once in the spot in the rotation because you had all these other arms. And, and maybe some of those arms became the longer guys like Matt Andrees or whatever, you know, occasionally just to ease them into the big leagues where you're not the starter, you come in in the second, third inning. Right. And it's, you know, about making them comfortable in the big leagues and setting them up for success as they're getting their feet wet. But, you know, the, the, depth on the, the depth of the pitching in this organization and the fact that they've had the best ERA in baseball since they've really started this is incredible because of all the injuries they have to, to longer guys and guys who were supposed to be starters and, and eat up a ton of innings for you. Right, right. It's been fun. I'll tell you, I, I got to admit, it's been fun to watch this team. They're way better than I thought they were going to be. Their lineup's more interesting than I expected it to be. They're winning more games than I thought they would. Um, yeah, and in terms of the lineup, of in terms of the lineup, I, you know, and I've I said this many times last year, although we didn't have a podcast, so it was just to people that I know and at the you know when I work games and stuff. How many yeah. times are we going to watch Steven Souza Jr. watch strike three go by and complain about it? <laughs> How many bad pitches are we going to watch Corey Dickerson swing? And granted, you know, Corey Dickerson had a great season last year, particularly the first half. The second half was pretty he bad. He did. He did. Um, and he's having a good year this year. And he's, a, he's a decent player, but you just feel like you've got a better shot with the at-bats this team's getting now with the players they have. Well, and look, and I, I was a big Evan Longoria guy, greatest player in franchise history. And, you know, I wrote – I, when I immediately wrote right after – the the off season when you know they got rid of Souza and they got rid of Dickerson and they got rid of Longoria and everybody looked and said oh they they're getting rid of everybody and I thought yeah you know what you're getting rid of your top RBI guy and your top home run guy and a guy wins you gold gloves at third base but then I thought about it more and I said well, wait a minute what did you what were you winning with these guys mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't a playoff the, the team last four with years those guys have, the last four years have been losing seasons one under exactly. Madden and three under Cash. So what was the point? You're, and it wasn't like Longoria's getting better at, no, this, at no. this point. Souza is what Souza is. That's who he is. Well, the guy that you saw last year, that's as good as 30 home runs. You can, what more can you get from a 30 guy home runs, but watched a lot of third strikes go by and, and then Absolutely. complained about it. And he was never getting right. a call because he's complained about every call third strike <laughs> he's ever had against him since he was a rookie. And exactly. the umps aren't, aren't going to give him a call. It's like... He's like he turned into B.J. Upton about that way. And then you get... Uh, um, uh, Corey Dickerson, nice player. Again, that's he, he, mm-hmm. he was pretty much topped out at what he was. But not a good defender so, either. No, he couldn't play. No, yeah, absolutely. He couldn't play him in the outfield at all. And that's you know that's really the only option they had was to play him in the outfield. So, um, And this team's had I, you know, Joey Wendell's been a pleasant surprise on this team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been a lot better. Malik Smith has played better. Uh, you know, he, adventures on the base pass and sometimes in the outfield, but he's hit a lot better <laughs> than I thought he would this year. And again, I, any anything that that can create more room for Jake Bowers to play, for Willie Adamas to play, I really like those guys a lot. Daniel uh, Daniel Robertson's turned out to be an okay player. Look, these guys are these guys are fun. I like watching them. Yeah, and so like they're I said, not, they're, they're not, not going to win this year. No. But this is all setting. You know, this is experience for these guys for next year in twenty twenty. And you know, I mean, once once you've determined you're out of it this year, you might as well play the young guys if they're ready to come up. Exactly. Hey, before we go, I wanted to. You were in Dallas for the uh, for the draft, NHL draft, and it was kind of a kind of a dud of a draft because not a whole lot went on with the Lightning in well, terms. The, the of Lightning for the draft. first time since 2007 did not have a first round pick as they entered the draft. So this is the right. first time Eiserman didn't have one. He traded uh, three years ago. He traded his number one pick and got an early second round pick, and and that. Uh, so he didn't have a pick, but going into the draft, they did. So, yeah, it was kind of a bizarre night. Eiserman and the, the whole Tampa Bay table Friday night was pretty, 
pretty much just sitting there waiting. Um, but the know. most interesting news that came out of the weekend, it also it includes the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's rumors out there now that John, not a rumor, it's an actual report. Uh, true. John Tavares, who's the prize free agent from the New York Islanders this offseason, unrestricted free agent, uh, is going to talk to five teams. He's going to listen to pitches from five teams. Tampa Bay Lightning, one of those five teams, San Jose, uh, Vegas, Toronto and a surprise team Dallas, which makes me wonder if Dallas actually has a real good shot because I didn't expect that team to be in the the, the mix at all. Well, look, the, I mean, you know, everyone close to it is is presuming and, and are predicting that he's going to return to the Islanders, just like right. Stephen, just like Stephen Stamkos did two years ago. He's in the exact same situation where he's a, a free agent at the end of the year. He can reach the the the, the tampering or non tampering deadline, which starts Monday. Right. And he could talk to teams before the free agent signing period begins July 1st. Stamkos did the same thing. He talked to a couple teams and then ultimately decided to return to to uh, Tampa Bay. Now, you look at the Islanders. They hired Lou Lamarillo right. to straighten out that organization. They brought Barry Trotz in as a coach. Yep. I got to assume Barry Trotz isn't coming there if he doesn't think there's a good chance Tavares is coming back. I think I think that's true. I just wonder. I, if, I don't think they. I don't think it's a guarantee. I think that the con, that the conversations they've been having with him, they must feel pretty good about. I would think that as well. Yeah. Now, first off, as far as Tampa Bay goes, even let's say Tavares was interested in leaving, I'm not sure Tampa Bay would be the favorite. Well, here, to get here's here's the part of it that that works. Stamkos and Tavares are very good friends. Very Team, good teammates friends. since tight, very tight. Um, would love to play with each other. And and yep. if you're the Lightning. I think Stamkos moves to the wing if he got has Tavares as his center. I agree. I agree. Which only makes you know Stamkos is a, is a good center at this point in his career and where he's at injury wise. I mean, he's a better winger. Absolutely, he's a better winger. If he moves to the wing, he moves to the wing, and you got Tavares as your center. Wow. Yes. I mean, you know now, but okay, but let me ask you this: If you sign Jonathan. John Tavares to a long-term contract. You, I'm assuming he's going to get what nine? Well, nine million. You know, everyone's saying that everyone thinks he's going to get twelve million a year. I know Eiserman's yeah. not paying him twelve million a year. No, no. But let's even say you were willing to pay him nine or ten well, but if he, he was going to get that. Or, or at that point, aren't you pretty much saying that you're not? Then Nikita Kucherov's not a long-term part of this franchise. Well, I think there's, I think there's two parts of it. I think maybe they already know Nikita doesn't want to sign for a number that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, so if Tampa Bay is going after him, they may already know that Nikita's asking for a twelve million dollar number, right? Um, and and because here's the other part of this: is Stamco signed for eight and a half million a year? He's mm-hmm. your captain. He's the face of the franchise. Is Steve Eiserman willing to pay anybody more than him? Well, I mean, he might have to eventually. I mean, if you want Kucherov, you're going to well, have to. And, and you know, and part of it is is look, the state tax. You don't is want here, to, but state taxes yeah. here. So eight and a half here compares to ten million in New York or you know other places. Um, right. And I, I don't know the answer to that. And, and you know, is Stamkos comfortable with someone signing? Had been signed just under Stamkos for a long term deal, and they locked him right. up. Um, I, I don't know the answers to these questions, but it's it's part of it. Is you know now the salary cap went up. Almost five million this year, I believe, to seventy nine and a half million, yeah. um, which was surprising. I don't think anyone thought it was going to go up quite that high. Uh, but the Tavares, you know, to Tampa Bay, now they'd have to get rid of some players to 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 get him. Whether it's a Kucher offer, I think at that point Tyler Johnson gets traded this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they could somehow get rid of Alex Kalorn, if yep. if he'll waive his no move clause, I think he might be gone um, in order to get Tavares. 
you know what I think the thing to be careful with though is I don't I hope that fans don't look at this situation and say you know what fine let Nikita Kucherov go Based on just how poorly he ended the season, he was bad in the playoffs. There's no I, doubt about that. If, if they let but, uh, if this they, guy's a hundred point guy, I mean, let's not forget the type of season he. Put if they're going to trade Nikita Kucherov and, and his deal's up at the end of next season, and he's a restricted free agent at the end, of, he's not the same as Stamkos. He will not be an unrestricted free agent. Right. So at that point, the Lightning, if anybody makes a qualifying offer to him, the Lightning then can match that deal. And if they don't match it, then you get like five first round picks back or something. It's something. It's ridiculous. It's a hefty haul if someone makes a qualifying offer, right. uh, assuming he gets to that point in his deal. So it, he's not what Stamkos and Tavares are. He's not an unrestricted free agent. So Kucherov at that point, you know, either he hopes that someone will make a, a offer like that and give up a lot, or maybe he takes another bridge deal, a couple year deal, till he become, becomes an unrestricted free agent. Right, um, which is what I would expect. Yeah, I would expect that. But you know, if they're getting rid of Kucherov, it has nothing to do with the way the season ended. If, if you look at Eisenman's track yeah. record, when Jonathan Drewin left the team, he did not get rid of him. Right. You know, Eisen, now, let me Eisenman, ask you this: If Eisenman's getting rid of Kucherov this off season during the season or at the end of next, it's because he knows he can't resign him. Right. It's not right. going to be anything that happened for two games or a series at the end of the season. Or, or that. I mean, that's not the way Steve Eiserman. If you look at his track record, he doesn't operate that way. Right. He right. he collects assets. This guy's this guy's an all star player, one of the best wingers in the game. Period. Uh, you know, creates a, a ton for this team. He's not going to get rid of him just because. Well, he had, he, a had bad, a bad, he had a bad Eastern like Conference six final. games, that's, yeah, bad eight not, games. That's yeah. not the way Steve Eiserman operates. It's not the way the light. If Kucherov's going to be gone, it's going to be because they they're not comfortable resigning him for the number that Kucherov wants. Right, right. That's the only so, reason he's going to be gone. I, I'm with you. I think Tavares goes back to the Islanders. I know there's the Sharks. The Sharks are an interesting team. Vegas, I don't think mm-hmm. Vegas has a crack. And Toronto's, everybody's always in on, Toronto's always in on all these conversations. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, the Lightning's appeal is, one, Stamkos and, and friends. But the other part of it is, is they're ready to win a cup. Oh, yeah, they are. You know, I mean, you come here and, you, you know, the Lightning are already the, the favorite to win the cup next season. You add Tavares to this lineup, no matter who you – if you lose Johnson or Kalorn or whoever else on this team, they're the favorite by far. Uh, Vegas just went to the Stanley Cup final. I, you know, I think he resigns at the Islanders. He can get a, a longer deal. You get a max deal and all that. But, sure. it, you know, Vegas is a team that's got tons of cap space, can sign more players. That would make me they're, nervous, though, going back. Because I, 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 I still think Vegas – and I was wrong last year because I said they weren't going to be any good and they turned out to go to the Stanley Cup final. I, I still don't think they're that good. Well, that but, that good. Well, you know I don't know saying? if they're that good, but but understand that with the cap space they have and the draft picks they've accumulated in this, that they can get better. And and, right. and don't forget who their GM is. It's the guy who built the Capitals, who smart just won, this, no, who just won the guy. Stanley Cup. I mean, he built. I think next year's their expansion year, though. I think they take a giant step back. I, yeah, I don't doubt that. And you know, but and Tavares is signing a seven or a seven year deal if he signs somewhere else. He's not signing right. a one year deal. So I'd be nervous about the, going back to the Islanders. And I was surprised, a little surprised that Barry Trotz took that job. And I, I get it was the only job out there at the moment. And, oh, I don't. I uh, think there would have been teams that would have happily walked away. That's from what I think. The, just like Joe Madden, lo- the, Joe, the whole Joe Madden with Theo Epstein. You know, he didn't want to get rid of Rick Renteria, but no. Joe Madden became available. I'll, I'll, that's an upgrade. I'll take him. Absolutely. And I wonder how many teams I would have taken a job if I was him at NFL Network or NHL Network if I didn't get a job before the start of next season, and then sat back and see which team came out of the gate. Look, Tampa Bay Lightning come out and start slow next season, or the um, the Chicago Blackhawks get off to another rough start. 
and who knows who's going to come after a guy like that. So the Islanders, again, Lou Lamorello is a smart guy. Maybe the Islanders are a little bit closer than I think they are. I just don't think they're that close yet. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Lou Lamorello's one of the best, and, and I have no doubt that he'll turn that organization around, but how quickly it can happen, and, and, and you know, especially if they lose Tavares. You know, right. that, that's a huge loss. And, and, you know, if you lose him, you get nothing back. No, that's right. You know, that's that's the hard part of when they get to that unrestricted free agent. You know, like I said, Nikita Kucherov next season, if he gets to be his restricted free agent and he goes all the way to July 1 and a team makes an offer for seven years at $12 million a year, the Lightning can either match or get a ton of draft picks back. They're going right. to get some compensation for it. For sure. Tavares, you get nothing. Is that same with it's what the Lightning were dealing it's with what, two yeah, years Stamkos. ago with Stamkos. I mean, exactly. you know, had he gone to, exactly. to Buffalo or Detroit or Toronto, the Lightning would have had nothing for him. Well, it should be an interesting week in uh, Tampa Bay sports. We should get a Jameis Winston decision, if not Monday, sometime uh, early in the week. And then the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have a prospects camp as we see their latest draft picks come to town. They'll come to town uh, also, Tuesday, and then the uh, they have camp Wednesday, Thursday. The three-on-three tournament, which is very popular, is Friday yeah. and Saturday. Um, and it's free to the public out at the Brandon uh, Ice Forum uh, yeah, right there on Falkenberg, uh, right off sixty. Uh, not too far from the Brandon Mall. So if you've never been out there, it's uh, and they got a ribbon cup uh, cutting for the uh, big expansion, the locker room, and all that for the Lightning. Um, they're starting to open some of that stuff up. They really ex- they're expanding that or- that uh, the ice form out there for the Lightning and what they use for practices when Amelie Arena is not available and such. Um, so it should be a good time this week out there for all the the young prospects and several of the guys that could make the team this year, including last year's Absolutely. first round pick, Cal Foot, um, mm-hmm. who is expected. I would expect is probably going to crack the roster. This coming season, he was a juniors last year. Played at Syracuse at the end of the season when his junior season ended, and uh, right, he's a, a defenseman, big, tall defenseman, son of Adam Foot, who played uh, in the NHL for many years. Yeah, former Colorado Avalanche, and then yep. uh, and then the Rays have a good, uh, a nice schedule this week. If you want to go out and see the Rays, uh, Bryce Harper will be in town with the Washington Nationals. They played Monday, and I think a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday game. day game at noon. That's a noon start, twelve ten. Right. Uh, and the kids will yeah, it's caught me out of that. <laughs> if the kids are out there with those thunder sticks or whatever they <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a ki- that'll be it should be a kids camp day, so it'll be uh it'll be, uh, it'll be loud in there, which is fun. So And then uh and then the Houston Astros, uh, I think the best team in baseball come to town for uh four games. Definitely so the best should... pitching staff in baseball. Yeah, oh absolutely with those four five five guys, yeah, and Verlander. Yeah. I I'm assuming Verlander will pitch at some point uh in that series. And then, uh, and then USF got some. Uh, they could have an athletic director at some time this week. I know Derek Brooks is out. Yeah, he with, uh, withdrew his name or whatever happened there. But uh, he is not going to. Yeah, be I don't the think he director. was ever interested in that job. I think it was just. I think he's got a lot of other things going lo- going on. It was nothing against USF, but I just think he had a lot of other interests, and his kids are at a certain age that I just don't think he had that kind. Yeah, of Yeah, time yeah, he does his stuff with the NFL, and he's involved yeah. in some of the disciplinary stuff there, and that he does work for the Tampa Bay Entertainment Properties, which is Jeff Finnick's group. Um, once they uh, the storm uh, suspended operations, he's been doing a lot of stuff with that, and he's got some other you know toes in the water places. So. Um, he's pretty busy in that regard where, you know, if you wanted to keep that stuff, you're not going to be able to, to devote the time to be the USFAD. So. Right. Now, a name that I'm hearing a little bit, it's they're trying to get some people are trying to gather some momentum for uh, Tom Jurich, who was. So when Bobby format. Petrino gets fired at Louisville, he'll be here and Rick Petino will be running the basketball program and it'll, well, be, it'll a, be fantastic. He, he, he comes from Louisville. He was the the athletic director at Louisville. Very popular among the people at Louisville. And I know Charlie Strong was a big fan of his when Charlie coached uh, at Louisville. 
but it comes with baggage. It comes with a lot of baggage. There were a lot of problems there. They got put on, you know, the basketball team got in big time trouble while he was there. How much of that was Jerk's responsibility? How much of it was Patino's responsibility? So who knows? Um, but very well liked. Uh, Will Dick Vitale like said, be a, crying for Patino to get the basketball job at USF if Jerk is there? Since oh, you that's know. you know what it could happen. Actually, <laughs> would be stunned. So it's it's controversial. I, I he's one of those guys that boy, I don't know how you have the press conference for that bringing him in after all the trouble that it Look, he's, he's, had the, the stuff he did at louisville is one of the most respected ad's in in college in many years and he's it was absolutely he was i mean so many committees and things like that and and, and, and he will give this program a huge jolt man, i mean there was but, lots of problems boy, I, how, yeah, how problems do you have that there. press conference there's a lot I just of problems don't, there. yeah i don't know i don't know if you can pull it off or not but i mean he, if anyone be, knows how to hold that press conference he does i mean he hired bobby <laughs> petrino back after all his problems <laughs> exactly and it, it might be one of those things where like okay you know what we'll take a hit for a day and then we'll go back to work the next day so yeah, but he I lives in clearwater he's got a condo in clearwater water i guess so that's right that's right and very tight with some notable usf boosters so could be uh could be something that, that goes down this week i think i've heard that they want to make this decision sooner rather than later so um it, that well that i mean yeah you're getting you know july soon. 1 starts the new uh calendar year for you know ncaa athletics and that i would think you'd want to get that in quickly um right. as you, before fall sports start you know gearing up at the end of july early august and that so this is supposed to be the dead time of the year, and it's actually a very uh, news-worthy news, uh, time of the year for Tampa Bay sports. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay and thank Tom Jones for filling in for Rick Stroud today. Of course, we would like it if you rate and review this podcast, and you can do that any number of places iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Just do a search for Sports Day Tampa Bay, hit subscribe so it's downloaded to your mobile device every day automatically. And then if you give it a chance, hit like on the podcast or leave a comment and review it yourself. Or you can reach us anytime. Rick Stroud's reached at, at NFL Stroud on Twitter. You can reach the podcast at, at Sports Day TV. If you want to reach Tom Jones, his Twitter handle at Tom W. Jones. Please let him know your thoughts on his column or any of us. We hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.